bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the Common Council president and the Common Council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is, man, that was quick, (laughs) is the number. Number five. So I got a question. Do you trust valet parking? Like when you go out, do you valet park? Because I never valet park. And here's why. In Shoal Creek, Alabama, a man is upset after he says a valet attendant took his brand new Corvette on a joyride, and the incident was all caught on camera. When Tom Shear dropped off his 2003 Corvette at the valet at the Birmingham airport, it had less than 300 miles on it. When he got back from his trip, he noticed that it had been driven four miles while he was gone. And when he checked the car's computer and camera system, the record shows every move his car makes. He was upset and he saw the video that the valet worker took his shiny blue Corvette for a spin around the airport. How much do you think his car costs? The 2003, I'm sorry, 2023. Did I say 2003? Anyway, a 2023 Chevy Corvette. Convertible with two LT, same car Shearer owns, has a sticker price listed at $78,800. He says the video, you can hear the giddy laughs of the valet driver who took the joyride not long after he handed him the keys. He said people pay a premium to park their cars there, and they assume their cars are going to be handled with white gloves and to see, you know, and witness an experience like this, you know, people need to know what's going on over there. The recording shows the employees with six hit 6,000 RPMs more than once. Sure said that's a problem since at the time the engine had less than 300 miles on it. 
and a lot of performance cars have a break-in period. And the manufacturers are pretty strict on it. So if you exceed those, all those cars have computers in them and they can see what's done in that first 500 miles. And it gives them a way out of covering any warranty issues. So do you think the attendant would, 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 would kind of be able to handle the cost of, <laughs> hey, my engine broke and my car's worth 78 thousand eight hundred dollars and so now you owe me like i don't know 10 grand because you jacked my warranty or better yet they would have to pay for you to get another warranty hmm interesting number four well i'm still on the tuition tip incoming university of wisconsin milwaukee students pay close attention Earning less than $62,000 will have their tuition and fees completely covered under a new tuition promise program launching next fall. A similar statewide program already started across all UW system campuses, but the Republican-controlled legislature declined to provide money that would have extended the Wisconsin tuition promise program beyond the first cohort of students. Well, UW announced today It would launch its own Milwaukee Tuition Promise Program, extending the benefits of the program to at least one more class of students. Between 1,000 and 1,500 students are expected to benefit. UWM plays the largest role in the UW system in educating low-income students of more than 30,000 UW system students who receive a Pell Grant. About one in every five go to UWM. So offering a program to make college more affordable will not only help students stay on track to earn a degree, but will also reverberate across the state economy by training more workers in fields desperately trying to fill shortages such as nursing. And so um, is his name Moan or Monee? M-O-N-E. UWM Chancellor Mark Moan told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, this is a big day for us. I have to say Congratulations. And so it operates as a last dollar, which means it takes advantage of existing state and federal money already available. And then they fill in the blank to make sure they go to school. I think that's a great thing. Um, I think it was LT that sent me something on the talking text line that talked about, well, why do we have to, you know, school is free. College is not. I think it should be flipped. I think you should pay for your kid to go to elementary school and college should be free. Once your child has shown that they can do the work, send them college for free. But why don't we just make two years of college compulsory, pay for it, and be done? Then if you want to pay for two years, it's a little more palatable for me to pay for two years of school and college and go anywhere I want. Like if you told me, hey, you want to go to college, you want to do this, you need to go to Yale. And Yale is $56,000 a year or sixty grand. I might bite the bullet and pay that knowing I'm only paying for two years. And I've also proven myself in college for two years, right? So I know I can do the work. It's when you go in cold out of high school, not really knowing, and then you find out, oops, you can't. Number three. Um, in case you haven't heard, and I'm sure you have heard because I've mentioned it like 10,000 times. Lawmakers have voted to oust Speaker 
Kevin McCarthy, Republican of California, from his leadership role. The first time in history of the House of Representatives that the chamber voted to boot a member from the top job. Now, one thing you have to remember, they can vote him back in, too. Eight Republicans voted with every present Democrat to vacate the Speaker's chair. The final vote was 216 to 210 in favor of McCarthy's ouster. What does that mean? It means that you still got 45 days to shore up the budget. You got 45 days to make sure you can vote to get a budget and have the government go beyond the 45 days. And if it takes you more than this week to get a speaker, you're going to be in trouble. Number two. Ask yourself the question, are you in the middle class? Well, JS Online reports, despite household incomes growing since 1970, the middle class has steadily shrunk in the past five decades, according to Pew Research. Adults living in middle-class households fell from 61% in 1971 to 50% in 2021. This is from Pew's analysis of government data. And Wisconsinites might be feeling like it's getting harder to keep up. Milwaukee now ranks second for the fastest-rising rents in the country. Inflation is driving a spike in food insecurity across the state. I don't really know what the food insecurity thing means. Um, And thousands of borrowers are preparing for the pinch of student loan repayment. So what does that mean? What does it take to be middle class in Wisconsin? Well, middle class adults are people whose annual income is two thirds to double the national median income. So the income that's in the middle, if it was $5, right? It has to be two thirds to double that. That means that you'd have to make between $52,000 and $156,000 annually in 2020 dollars for a household of three in order to be middle class. Lower income adults whose household incomes of less than $52,000 while upper income households make more than $156,000. Factors such as where you live, household size can impact the amount of money each family needs to qualify as middle class. So in Milwaukee, middle class, according to Smart Asset, middle class ranges between $31,247 and $93,274. According to Consumer Affairs, the minimum required annual income in 2023 for a family of four to be middle class is $64,130. Really? Hmm. That's the same amount needed to qualify as middle class in Michigan, New Mexico, and North Carolina. But those numbers are actually shrinking. I wonder what that means for you. Number one. Well, also from the journal Sentinel, Milwaukee residents urged the Common Council and Mayor Cavalier Johnson to cut police funding next year and expand early voting sites for 2024 elections and speaker after speaker last night urged officials gathered at the common council chambers to support what has long been known as the city's office of violence prevention speaking in terms in personal terms of how the office has helped some of them with their most difficult moments running through much of the testimony were expressions of frustration with elected officials 
um, argument that speakers' demands had not been heard at the budget hearing years in the past, and it went on and on and on and on and on. And so I think what's important is that people need to understand that under Act 12, they can't cut the budget of the police when they have to have three classes of 65 next year in order to get money from the state. So if you cut it, I think that's called cutting off your nose to spite your face. It'll feel good for a moment. And next summer, it would make Milwaukee interesting. When we come back, an interview with... Anthony McHenry, CEO of Milwaukee Academy of Sciences. You're listening to, well, I'll let them tell you. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We have live in the studio um, a person that I've admired from afar because he he and oh, I got other questions to ask about. But then again, he's not. So the whole McHenry family thing. But Anthony McHenry, he is the CEO, not 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 principal, but no, chief executive. He said, no, I am not because he's a CEO of Milwaukee Academy of Science. Um. We're really here to talk today to really, really talk about all the things that that this school has done. I've heard about the, I remember when it started and the building got bought and I was like, oh, gee, another school we're going to hear about. And then all of a sudden they just started doing these, you know, small wins instead of because usually you hear about this big. We're going to do all this stuff. And it was like, no, nope, we're just going to do this one thing and we're going to focus on this one thing and then we're going to build out from that. And that's what I've seen happen over the past few years. So welcome to Truth in the Afternoon. Glad to be here, uh, Dr. Harris. It's a pleasure. Oh, now I'm Dr. Harris. Before I was Kim and I, you know, he's all proper and all this. But, but I guess that's just a representation of, of, of being an educator in the place where you are, that it's, it's really important for presentation. And those are the kind of kids that you bring up. What's, what's the mission of, of Milwaukee Academy of Science? Because – we, we, you know, we hear science and everybody goes, oh, I'm, I'm bad at math. I'm bad at science. But that is actually your mission. That's a, that's a great place to start. If you come to Milwaukee Academy of Science, you will not hear uh, students, particularly students in middle school and high school, say mm-hmm. that they don't like math and science. Uh, to answer your question, our mission at the Milwaukee Academy of Science is to be an exemplary leader in STEM education, science, mm-hmm. technology, engineering, and math, and to prepare our students to be successful at post-secondary education. So you just sent them to college? Uh, 
we want to make sure that they have options. I'm I'm a big okay. believer in options. Okay. And yes, absolutely, we have a great percentage of our young people that go on to to four year institutions. Mm-hmm. What we've got better at in most years is providing alternatives to that. Where there's two year universities, and most recently, getting more of our kids involved in the trades. But for certain, what you're seeing is mm-hmm. a, a, a interest and a desire to be in the STEM fields. And see, that's that's one of the tricks I have, because I tell people, if you want to go into the trades, you still need to go to college for at least two years and get a degree in business. Absolutely. Because when you get tired of your boss mm-hmm. and you want to start your own, that's when you're going to need that technically degree. And so it's it's this mission is is kind of tied into how you all win. How is that? Well, I think one of the most important things about our school is that we are a kindergarten through 12th grade school, which gives us a tremendous opportunity to do a couple of things. One, over a 14-year period, build amazing relationships right. with both students right. and families. But the other thing, it's an opportunity to kind of overcome what historically has been uh, what I would call a challenge for African-American students, particularly those living in poverty. Uh, and you mentioned it earlier. I grew up all my life hearing we, we're not good in math. We're not good in right. sciences. Right. Well, we introduced our STEM program in our four-year-old kindergarten class. Right. And it continues all the way through our elementary where they're going to have not only traditional courses, but they're going to have a STEM-focused course. Right. Uh, and then that accelerates when they get to middle school with some of our specials. And uh, what we're doing at the high school in terms of the sciences and the STEM opportunity is absolutely incredible. I hope none of our students are listening, but if they, <laughs> if they are, they may have something to complain about. What they don't know is that the state requires two or three uh, credits of science right. to, to graduate. Right. Well, at MAS, they, we require six. They don't know to complain about that. But but what it does is it, it replaces what you know people would consider really lax, easy, um, elective courses that you see all throughout high schools in this country with high, rigorous science and STEM classes. Uh, and by the time those young people graduate, they have found something that's of interest to them mm-hmm. and something worth pursuing at the post-secondary level. And really what it does is the fact that those same kids can talk. But the only reason they can talk is because they talk every day. And so if you give them math, they can do math. They can do science because they do it every day. And, and I think you're, you're, you're spot on with the fact that you give them six credits because you got you to gotta get it done. So that's like four years of ongoing, never-ending science. Oh. But then with that, what, what outcomes are you most, most proud of? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what we're most known for. And okay. then I'll, if, if, if you allow me, I'll tell you what, I, what I'm most proud of. We're most okay. known for our 100% senior graduations. Which okay, is, I don't like them already. I'm done. Which, 100%? 100%, uh, which 100? is a Herculean effort. And we've I done can it, imagine doctor, how many years. For eight straight years. Okay, I'm done. And uh, each year there are six, ten. Wow. Since the pandemic, 10, 12 kids that, wow. that, quite honestly, we don't know if they're going to make it uh, over the finish line. Yeah. Um, and it requires us to go pick some up from school, to pick, pick them up. Yeah. Uh, it requires we, us convincing them to take the test over and over until they get it. Uh, but we've been able to do it because we're committed to making sure that they, right. they graduate and have options. Right. Um, the other thing that we're really widely known for is uh, we've had uh, seven uh, scholar athletes mm-hmm. earned Division One basketball scholarships in the last four years. Wow, that's about half of the ones that's been earned in the entire city. Yeah, um, someone recently introduced me and said STEM focused and sports focused school, and I said, No, we're not focused on sports at all. We're just we're just pretty good at it. Um, 
what I'm really proud of is our 94% cohort graduation rate. Even, even coming back from the pandemic, we've been between 90 and 94% cohort graduation rate. And what that is, Dr. Harris, is that means of the kids who enter our school Correct. As, a, as a freshman. Right. They graduate in four years. Right. Now, you compare that to the city. Uh-oh. Uh, African-American kids who are classified as economically disadvantaged and right. where it's below 60%. Right. So when I think about the challenges we're having in our city that we're, we're well aware of, at the core of that, to me, is kids not having hope. And when you see hope is where you see kids dropping out of school and then committing some of these crimes. Mm-hmm. And, and we're at 94%. So we really, really are proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our last year's seniors, 71 of them graduated and took $10.2 million worth of scholarships with them. How many do you graduate per year on average? Yes. Uh, last year's graduating class was the largest we've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll continue to go up each year. Uh, we recently had an expansion where we added a cohort of middle school kids and, and um, high school kids. Right. And so those kids are now making their way up through the high school. Right. And so our graduating classes will continue to get bigger. Uh, probably uh, the largest one will be in two years. We'll uh, land at about 100 students. About 100. Yes. Okay. Okay, and so per people funding, that's that's got to be an issue, right? Because we we look at what the state offers and we look at what we what we really need, but you don't have the top heaviness of a of a public school, so you get to really, you know, drill down and put that money where it should be. Can you share how the increase benefited? Yeah, Dr. Harris, yeah. It, it was critically important for, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. And first, right. I, I have to shout out Dr. Howard Fuller. I have to, I have <laughs> oh, to yeah. shout out uh, the MMAC under Tim Shee's leadership, yeah. City Forward Collective, parents across the city in particular, mm-hmm. uh, those who uh, uh, have been a part of the efforts of City Forward Collective, MAS parents, shout out to you for your support in getting out and talking to legislators. Yeah. But it, it was critically important. Uh, one, because the challenges that uh, our kids are facing being young, black, uh, and poor growing up in the city of Milwaukee, they are, they are more significant than they were prior to the pandemic. And the way that we choose to so support our kids is through a wraparound support system where the actual supports are actually at the schools. So right. We like to say that right. we're a high-quality school that functions like a social service organization. And so the cost to educate our babies the way that we want to educate them holistically is increasing much, much faster oh, yeah. than the money that we can raise yeah. in the, the annual per people increase. So for a school the size of Milwaukee Academy of Science, over 1,400 kids, the, defi- the difference between what we would receive in a traditional public school was about $7 million annually, mm-hmm. right? And so... There's tremendous consequences to that. Yeah. We just went through a pandemic, but we couldn't hire a school nurse because of that difference. And so, and on and on and on. That's been greatly reduced. There's still a big gap, about $3.5 million to $4 million gap. But what that's going to allow us to do is to continue to provide the services that we we have grown to have in our school over the past two years through the use of those federal COVID aid funds Mm -hmm. or ESSA funds. Right. Those are going away. But now with this increased per people revenue, we're able to maintain the types of services that our kids really need to be successful, that our parents need uh, to partner with us in, in this education process uh, to in, ensure that our kids continue to grow and thrive and, and have options when they graduate from Milwaukee Academy of Science. Now, you talk a lot about the kids, but what about the teachers? What kind of support do teachers get? I mean, you had the pandemic, you had all these things. And, and, and regardless of what anybody says, 
every student in America, regardless of race, has significant loss Absolutely. of learning during the pandemic. What, what do you do to support the teachers as they support the student? Yeah, the, the, the role of the teacher, in my opinion, is the most important one. And it's also a pretty difficult one. And it's, it became more difficult in the pandemic. Uh, quite honestly, the behaviors of our students were more significant and more challenging after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attendance rate for our students dropped off significantly uh, over the course of the pandemic. Um, and, of course, you mentioned it, there was a tremendous learning loss for all kids, yeah. including ours. Yeah. And every piece of research says that kids that are uh, on the low end of the social economic status uh, was, was, was hurt, was hit even harder. And so that makes the job of a teacher even harder. Now, we've been fortunate at Milwaukee Academy of Science. We've, been had, we've had teacher retention rates that have been at 90% for six, seven years now. I think it's because we, we're, we have a successful model and teachers mm-hmm. want to be where they're successful. Uh, we also have what we call a teacher-friendly initiative where we try to make decisions that's going to be supportive and make our teachers feel valued. Uh, and so that's been very, very helpful. Since the pandemic, we had to do more. Right. And and some of that more is a part of a staff wellness program that we initiative because our, mm. our teachers give so much to our kids. Right. But but there's 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 a thing called secondhand trauma. Our kids and their families have trauma. They're bringing that to the school and our teachers are absorbing that. And so we a part of that staff wellness program is uh, emotional wellness. Um, there's a financial wellness component that we're bringing to the teachers uh, and then obviously a physical and mental health uh, wellness right. as well. Right. And so we're trying to do more. We're trying to be more supportive because at the end of the day, if we're a good school, it's because we got good teachers. If we're a great school, it's because we got great teachers. And so we want to do everything we can to be able to attract and retain high-quality teachers. All right. So you have an event coming up. We do. What is, what's, what's all that about? It's our annual gala. Okay. Um, and a lot of nonprofits uh, have annual galas and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I believe ours is second to none. It is. We, we have an amazing, amazing event. We highlight our young people and the successes that they're doing. And so this year, uh, once again, we'll be at Discovery World on October 20th at 6 p.m. If listeners, Dr. Harris, if you want to attend, uh, let us know. Reach out to us. You can you can get the information on our website. We are very, very close to capacity. Okay. Uh, but we're really excited about this event, and, and, it's, and it's important for us. We want to spread the word about what we're doing at mm-hmm. our school, uh, but we also need to raise some dollars to make sure that we can yep. do everything we can to support our teachers and staff so they can be successful. And and what's the website? MilwaukeeAcademyOfScience.org. MilwaukeeAcademyOfScience.org. Anything else you want to add to let people know? Yeah, I think the big thing is one one of the things that, that I'm really proud to say is that, that our kids, 97% of our kids are considered economically disadvantaged. And what the world is telling us is that the circumstances can be so dire that the kids really can't learn. And we're an example that given permission, given opportunity, given high expectations, right. given love and some discipline that our kids can learn and learn at a higher level. And we're, we're proof of that. All right. Well, thank you much. CEO of Milwaukee Academy of Science, Anthony McHenry. Keep doing the great job you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Same to you. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Traffic, sports and weather up next. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Had to check my volume there. I was like, hey. Hmm. I did some headphone repair. So you see this part of the headphones? You know, over. I had that. I had the same pair of headphones for, I don't know, since I started. Like the week I started, I bought them. That was what? Almost three years ago. And the padding was starting to tear off. and all, So I had to order new pads. And so I got them in. And it's like, ah. Oh, oh, it's crazy. I love it. Yes, I'm one of the, I'm a headphone nerd. I am a headphone nerd. I have Sony Dynamic Stereo Headphones. They're digital, professional, MDR 7506. So absolutely love them. People look at me like, oh, my gosh, you have your own headphones. Yes, I do. And they always laugh and complain, and then they get a pair, and they go, whoa, these are great. Like, I know, but they're also mine. So take them off your head. (laughs) <laughs> give them back. So we shall see. 833-212-1017. Dr. Ken, talking text line, Wayne said, I'm tired of people asking why don't why didn't Democrats vote with Republicans? How about a few Republicans vote with Democrats for the first black Speaker of the House, Hakeem Jeffries? Do you want, first of all, do you want the Speaker of the House to, be, to just be black or you want him to be a good speaker? Because just because he's black doesn't mean he'd be a good speaker. And if race is the only criteria, well, they probably wouldn't vote for him anyway, because then we'd have had one already. Number two, Dems are not in power. And when they are, they would never vote for a Republican to be Speaker of the House when they have power. So the, so, so the, the, the Dems aren't going to vote with the Republicans to put a Republican in power. Does that make sense? You, you're, you're not. If I'm in the minority, I'm not going to vote for the other guy. And, and I'm not mad at him, right? I'm not, I'm not mad. I get it. I get it completely. So when the Democrats come in power, Hakeem Jeffries would then, if he's so elected, but I'm pretty sure they'll figure out a way not to vote him in because of some little glitch or some little connected, you know, not connected, but connected thing and how it might look and next thing you know. Talking text line 414-617 says, who would you suggest for that seat? For speaker? Nobody. I don't care. Your job is to move along the agenda, move it along. You got a few months. Next year, people vote. It's, yeah, it's inconsequential to me. So did you watch that? There are other countries that offer college for free. Did you watch the video I sent? The lady said, leave the house. (laughs) Well, here's... Here's here's the problem I have with other countries that offer free college. They tell you who goes to college. They tell you, hey, Alex, you're going to major in astrophysics. But I don't want to be an astrophysicist. Well, you can go to the gulag or you can major in astrophysics. And you go major in astrophysics. I don't think so. Here in America, you have freedom. And you get to choose. Now, I think that because our current system is only based and built on 
the assumptions that the majority believe are important can cause cultural disconnects with people who are trying to understand something. For instance, if you speak another language and you come here and go to school, that doesn't mean you're dumb. That means you don't understand the language. So you might be a mathematician that's a whiz in Spanish, but you can't do anything because all of your exams are written in English. And word problems are enough for people who speak English. So reading English word problems. Now I speak Spanish and I can't understand a word problem. So translation helps, things of that nature. And those are some of the things we need to start looking at as it relates to higher education, making sure people, regardless of who you are, if you're here, that you actually win. But I think it's important to have. Now, if I had my druthers, I would, I would send people to college for free. But here's the problem you would create. Who gets to go to what college? Then all the test scores have to be here, right? We already have that issue with people going to school at, say, MIT. I think people forget, and I think parents forget, because they're so stuck at making sure their kids go to places where it sounds good instead of their kid going to places where the scores and the students are commiserate to their education level. Because, again, five years out of college, you either got it or you don't. You're either doing it or you're not. It doesn't matter if it's physics. It doesn't matter if it's math, medical school, law. It doesn't matter. Five years out of college, you're going to either be rocking or rocking the boat. You're either going to fall out or hold on. There's no in-between. And so sending the kids to an MIT or let me me think of another place, Um, Berkeley, um, Yale, Harvard, where if you go into math or sciences, you're in the 99th percentile in math, you would be bored at a mid-tier school. That doesn't mean the kids at the mid-tier school can't outwork the kids with a 99th percentile in math. Because usually when you're in the 99th percentile in math, your social scores are terrible. Because you have... You're, 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 you're just boring, right? That's the drawback, right? That's why, and I'm going to say it because I like to poke up because I've got a lot of friends who are medical doctors. That's why medical doctors aren't very happy. <laughs> and lawyers and PhDs and on and on. But anyway, um, I'm just kidding. But, but think about that. The fact that your education level, you know, we, 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 you know because of the way, and, and I got this from a friend of mine who's a, Ooh, I almost said what they did, but I can't um, Said that medical school is a different place because some of them are still teaching arcane things about black people and all sorts of things that that needs to change. But because the people that are in charge of the medical school accreditation are who they are, it's always going to reflect their values. And so until we start to support places like Meharry, Right. Places like Xavier, Morehouse, where they make black doctors, Howard University. That's when we will start to see more black doctors, more black medical doctors 
more black lawyers come into the fray, come into the fields and bring those values and ethics. And I'm talking Hispanic, Asian, bring those values and ethics that are that are cultural so that people can then make it and graduate and become great doctors. Because it's not by accident Xavier University puts out 87% of all medical doctors and dentists did their undergraduate at Xavier. There's a reason for that because they are top notch. Now somebody might say, well, it's not Harvard. I don't want it to be Harvard because Harvard, it's okay. I mean, it's an Ivy league school, but if I want to learn culturally how to make it, I need to be in an environment that's going to reflect me. And so for me, I think it's time we start to turn towards those schools that are going to be for us. If you're if you're Christian, go to a Christian school. Go to a school that's going to support your values, your morals, your ethics and grow. We've got them here. I work at one. So they're there. We just need to step up and do it. Now, the cost. Woo. 833-212-1017 is the number. Should college be free? Should college be free in America? 833-212-1017 is the number. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. As we cruise to the end, just want to let you know, uh, talking text line. Oh, yeah, JFK was in the Navy. He sure was. He flew one of them. He was on one of them PT boats. Um, My problem, this is from LT, my problem with countries with free college or income tax rate is over 40%, even for those without children. Well, that's how it is. Everybody gets taxed the same. And then he says, if it's a communist country, you get one shot at college. We have free high school here and those kids don't take it seriously. Don't assume why kids don't, why kids fail at high school. Don't, don't do that because then when you, when you assume why they don't take it, or if you think the reason why is they don't take it seriously, then your response and your answer and your solution might end up being something that corrects a problem that's not there. That might be part of it, but I don't think that's all of it. He goes on to say, if college were free and there were certain benchmarks that had to be met in order for you to continue, people would complain about that. They do now. (laughs) No child left behind, push them through college, and then they will be unprepared for the workplace. Not true. Not true. Not true. No child left behind means that if you have shortages, you don't push the kid through, but shortages. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, deficiencies. You fix the deficiency, and then they go forward. That's, that's what no child left behind is. I think what happened is that people came in, 
and changed it and made it the way they thought it should be. And then it didn't work. Well, if you had read No Child Left Behind, you would know in the way that it was done, only those schools that followed No Child Left Behind, the way that it was built, those kids made it. And so we, we take things, we look at the data, and we say, hey, that works, but I'm going to fix it like this, and then it doesn't work. See, I told you it failed. Well, no, that wasn't it. You went off the reservation, and you did everything your way, and that's why it actually failed, because you didn't use any of the components that you needed to use in order to make it win. But, you know, we don't do that. We just, you know, say we, okay, I tried. It didn't work. We're done. And it's unfortunate. 833-212-1017 is the number. So the breaking, um, the breaking uh, news this afternoon is that um, I like they call it a fractured foundation for the uh, House Republican leadership, but it's really not. I mean, it's, it's, it's really not. I mean, dude got booted. That's called life. That's all that goes. Um, Senate Republicans today are signaling they could fire Democratic Governor Tony Evers appointee to the state's election commission, a move that comes less than three weeks after they voted to remove the commission's administrator. Senate committee voted three to two against confirming former Milwaukee County Clerk Joseph Cernicki's, uh Karnesky's. I think it's Karnecki. Anyway. Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing your name, sir. Uh, appointment to the bipartisan Wisconsin Elections Commission with all Republicans opposing and all Democrats supporting. The vote took place immediately after a meeting today during which Republican members of the Senate Committee on Shared Revenue Elections and Consumer Protection focused their questions on the commission's move to keep WEC Administrator Megan Wolf in place after her term expired in June. While all three Republican members of the commission voted in support of Wolf, all three Democratic members voted. Members, including Cernicki, abstained in a procedural move to keep Wolf in her role and prevent the need for the Senate to reappoint her. Uh, Democratic Senator Mark Spritzer of Beloit said commissioners were following a state Supreme Court ruling that said appointed officials can stay in their positions after their term expires. The case involved the national, a uh, natural resources board chair. Uh, Frederick Prynne, who refused to step down after his term ended, aides for Senate Republican leaders consulted with Prynne about his decision. So that's going on here. I guess we got our own stuff going on here in um, Wisconsin politics. So I guess one of the things we're going to have to keep watching is this gap that keeps getting created between Republicans and Democrats. I've never seen a fight like this. I've never seen people do some of the ridiculous things that they're doing. And the same people will be complaining when Voss is not in leadership and not, and the Republicans are not in majority when Democrats do it. And they should be reminded that some of the idiocy that you did, you get it too. Like I never understood why they fought against um, allowing people to vote. And bring up um, voting away from the poll when an election worker is there. I've never understood that. Like if it's manned or womaned, (laughs) 
if there's a person there who's an election official who's been sworn in and they're they're an election commissioner or poll worker and they're working there and they're on the books as having been certified and trained why can't they collect your thing well the problem is it should be you dropping it off not somebody going out and collecting them from somewhere and just putting them in there that's that's the issue i have so i say let the poll workers go to those places and collect the, the ballots and we'll be fine you're listening to truth in the afternoon i'll be back in about 22 hours I want to say thank you to alex for hanging in today um Tori Lowe Show's coming up next. I want to say thanks from a top five at five. Make sure you hang around tomorrow. We got more interviews. We got more people. We got more things. We got more news. Keep it locked right here on 1017 The Truth. You can never miss a show. You can watch us streaming live on YouTube, or you can check out the rebroadcast on YouTube. Also, Truth App, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, Google Podcasts. God bless. Take care. I'm out. <laughs>